0: Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare. A medical doctor, board-certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine, he is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, well, welcome to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Always a pleasure to be here with our listeners. Welcome to The Clinic. You are listening to the Dr. Louis Sandoval Show. I am your host, Dr. Louis Sandoval. Hope everybody's having a good day. Always a pleasure to be with our Catholic listeners and anybody who's not Catholic to listen in and listen to what we have to say about our faith, where we deliver clarity with charity. If you ever listen to the Jesse and Terry Show, it's always gonna be clarity with charity. Hard-hitting truth sometimes, but not afraid to speak the truth. Today's show is gonna be no different. We're gonna say a few extra prayers because we are gonna come up on a topic it can be a little controversial and a little bit intense. We are going to talk about what the devil's doing in society as we speak. You know, we just had the resurrection. We think we're celebrating. But of course, in the background, we are always reminded that we're, we're not alone. The dark side is not going to leave us alone, especially in a celebratory feast, such as the resurrection, which doesn't get bigger than that, right? But as we get started today here in our Easter tide season, let's start praying with the Regina Celli. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Queen of heaven, rejoice, alleluia. For he whom you did merit to bear, alleluia, has risen as he said, alleluia. Pray for us to God, alleluia. Rejoice and be glad, O Virgin Mary, alleluia. For the Lord has truly risen, alleluia. Let us pray. O God, who gave joy to the world through the resurrection of thy Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, Grant, we beseech thee that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary, his mother, we may obtain the joys of everlasting life through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> Just a little bit of housekeeping here. If you go to our website, virginmostpowerfulradio.org. Um, remember, there's a few conferences coming up. I hope I see some of our listeners uh, at our marriage, counts, marriage uh, and family counseling Uh, conference. It's Marriage and Family Conference. We're going to have it on Saturday, May 7th, 2022, from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. There is still room to sign up. If you go to our website, you can sign up there. Remember, it's going to be at the historic Sacred Heart Chapel uh, here in Covina on Center Avenue. It's uh, 301 West Center uh, here in Covina. And the speakers are going to be Mary Danielle Barber, Terry Barber, and myself, Dr. Luis Sandoval, we're gonna be talking about some important things, you know, and it pertains actually to today's topic. When we talk about marriage, what we gotta remember is that we're talking about the foundation of our church, the first sacrament that God instituted, marriage, the union between God between man and woman. This is important because this is the family and that's how we understand our christian faith that's how we understand the trinity that's how we understand that god wants us to know him as a family so speaking about marriage speaking about the family it's important because it helps us to remember that there are many 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 pitfalls that can occur if we are not high information catholics if we don't understand What the sacrament of marriage calls us to, and why it is so important, and why it is so foundational to our faith. There's lots of questions people have. People have asked me uh, a lot of a variety of questions through emails about. Well, what if we have different personalities or what about if we're not compatible as far as our intimate life? Uh, What if we have different ideas of children? You know, he wants to have children or she wants to have children, but I don't. These are very important topics to talk about, and we can touch on these at the conference. I'll be happy to speak to people during the conference and probably stay a little bit after the conference to help answer some of these questions. There's also going to be the men's conference coming up. Uh, That's going to be in June. So Saturday, June 18th. Um, and again, that's also $35 for a single uh entrance and $50 for a married couple. Why would you say, gosh, why would we have a married couple at the men's conference? Because if marriage is a foundational sacrament, we got to ask ourselves what do we want to do as men? What does it mean to be a man who's a Catholic man who's married? Uh, Different from what society tells us, right? Society's going to tell you, gosh, in order to be a true man, you you have to do X, Y, or Z, or you have to be able to uh, compromise your faith because society is not going to tell you that you need to be chaste, that you need to be chaste even within your marriage, that you need to have a pure heart. They're not going to tell you that. They're going to tell you to make more money, to get the bigger job, to get the bigger house, to get the nicer car. And notice none of that sounds like pay attention to your wife, pay attention to your kids. And so it's important as men that we remind each other that we are a Catholic support for each other. So keep that in mind. Those are coming up. Again, you can go to our website, virginmostpowerful.org to uh, check those out and sign up. And hopefully we can see you there. All right, today's topic. It's an important one. You know, the devil uh, is no longer hiding and we have to be on guard, right? The devil's making himself known. It used to be said that the devil's greatest trick was what to make you believe that he didn't exist. That used to be the 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 bottom line. The devil doesn't exist. So of course we're going to fall into different traps. We're not going to know that he's there. We're going to think that everything's okay and hunky dory. That's not exactly the case anymore. I mean, he still wants us to believe he doesn't exist in a certain way. Now, things are a little bit more bold. You know, if we look at certain Um, ideas of the catholic church if we look at certain uh, apparitions or promises or or theories as far as end times or what's going to happen remember there was a vision that pope leo 13 had where he said that the devil had asked god for time and power and god told him he could have a century uh, a thousand you know thousand years to to take over i'm sorry a hundred years to take over and see if he could convert the world and make us turn away from god And what we did know is that towards the end of that time, the devil was going to become more bold. We see this all the time in deliverance ministry. We see it all the time when somebody feels that they're afflicted by the dark side, they're afflicted by evil spirits. What starts to happen? The person, the the manifestations of evil get worse. Uh, The the voice gets more guttural. The feeling of evil in the room gets more intense. And sometimes people think, oh my gosh, it's getting worse. It's not working. But that's not the case when you are succeeding when you are triumphant when you are beating the devil he starts to become like an angry dog that is tied up and has no other choice so he starts throwing a bigger bigger tantrum and all of a sudden you're going to start to see you know all these different reactions things are going to get more intense you're going to feel like you're losing but the reality is it's because the dark side is losing the battle so they try to do a final bite you know the devil goes away but he tries to give you a final swipe of his tail it's important to look at that let's look at a few articles um, in terms of What does that mean? You know, what is that happening in society today? I had a few listeners ask me, what do you think of these articles? Um, So I think it's important to touch on this because we are in the Easter season, but then why is this coming up? Before we touch on such a topic, let's go ahead and do the prayer to St. Michael so that he can help us cleanse the room, make sure that our hearts are in the right place, and that even as we're talking about any evil entity, our focus is on God and on Christ triumphant because we are in the Easter season still. So let's say the prayer to St. Michael. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke, and we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl around the world seeking the ruin of souls, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, well, you know, we recently celebrated Easter. We recently celebrated Divine Mercy big, huge feast for us as Catholics, the entry into heaven and our ticket into heaven through God's divine mercy. We can walk in those doors. We have hope, but are we allowed to slow down and just celebrate and, and take the day off and say, gosh, you know, I don't have to worry about evil anymore because Christ rose from the dead. And that's all I need to think about right now. Not so, you know, that's when the devil's going to want to be more active. Why? Because again, he's losing that battle. The resurrection is a reminder of that. I was I was feeling that way a little bit. I'll be honest. I was kind of feeling this year You know lent is coming to a close. We're in the middle of holy week. It felt like a very inspired holy week I felt very good about the services. I felt like I was right there with the readings and when easter sunday came around I felt like this is really good This is the feeling of christ conquering evil evil is kind of no more I kind of thought that in the back of my mind and then all of a sudden, you know, whether it be in life or in the news, or in society, you start to see, oh, that's not the case, you know, evil is going to want to continue to work, well, there's this particular article that I had read, um, that actually came during uh, Easter, during uh, Holy Week, Uh, this article was published, it was published in the New York Times, Um, but I actually didn't read it until after uh, Easter, I saw, I heard about it, but I didn't read it until after Easter, and the article is pretty sad, Um, it's titled, it's titled for Passover and Good Friday, Uh, A New York Times essayist writes about killing a hateful God. So this is where, is the devil, is is the devil's trick now that he doesn't exist? I don't think so. And we're going to talk about why that is. I don't think that, that he wants to pretend he doesn't exist anymore. I think he wants to come right out and be bold about it. I think what he's trying to do now is to convince you that he's not the bad guy. That he's not evil. That, yeah, he's there, but you shouldn't hate him. In fact, this article says, I think we should kill God because God is so hateful. And one of the things that it says is that if God were mortal, the God of the Jews, Christians and Muslims, so the God that, that we pray to, the, the uh, grant, granted as, as uh, Christians, as Christian Catholics, we believe in the triune God, a little bit different from the way the Jews and the Muslims see God. But he says that he would be dragged to the hog and yet we praise him. In other words, God would be tortured and killed. And why is that? So this is what the writer says. The the writer's name is uh, Shalom Oslander. And he composes peace, insisting that this Passover, we should stop paying attention to God. Interesting. If we're not going to pay attention to God, who are we going to pay attention to? Well, we can answer that on our own. But this is what he says. In this time of war and violence, of oppression and suffering, I propose we pass over something else. God. He began uh, before claiming that God is hateful, full of brutality, and if he were mortal, he would be dragged to the hog. In other words, he would be imprisoned, tortured, and, and gotten rid of. So this, this uh, critic says that God, whose wrath and plagues harnessed the, Egyptian, harnessed the Egyptians during the original Passover, Uh, from the book of exodus remind him of what the russians are doing to the ukrainians right now so he's trying to equate god as somebody who's promoting war and violence as somebody who's inciting war and violence it's interesting that we would want to or that this person would want to put God in that light because all of a sudden God is the aggressor. We got to go back to that story of Exodus and see why were we celebrating the Passover to begin with? Why did Christ celebrate the Passover? We're going to talk about that a little bit more when we come back from the break, but remember, if you're feeling down during the sister Easter season, don't worry. Christ is still risen from the dead and he still has conquered death and the devil. all right well welcome back to virgin most powerful radio you're listening to the dr louise sandoval show today we're talking about the devil and really more than anything else we're not talking about being impressed by the devil or anything that happens during deliverance ministry in particular or anything that people get an ooh and ah about oh this person was speaking in different languages or oh you know this person was levitating no what we're talking about is is the devil's best trick as they used to say is his, is his best uh, act to make you believe that he doesn't doesn't exist. I don't think that's the case so much anymore. I don't think it's that he doesn't want you to believe he exists. I think now he wants you to believe he exists, but I think he wants you to believe he's the good guy. He's not hiding much anymore, and we're seeing that. Not surprisingly, we're going to see that a lot more during our big feast whenever we're celebrating Christ oh, the devil's pride can't handle that. He's going to want to come out stronger and actually come out and try to put on a better show. And in fact, try to put God in the bad light. So again, I was going over this article um, and I'll have the link to these articles on, on our website there so you can read them. But one of the interesting things is that there was an author who said during Holy Week that we should consider maybe killing God instead because he equates God to being brutal. So let's keep going with this article. The author says, Israel's ancient enemies were troubling, but just as troubling, even more so today, in light of the brutal slaughter taking place in the Ukraine, were the plagues themselves. Egyptians, young and old, innocent and guilty, suffered locusts and frogs, hail and darkness, beasts running wild, and water becoming blood. Surely, I wondered, there were some Egyptians who didn't whip Jews, who didn't have anything against Jews at all, he asked. The author then opined, or this is what he said about God, God, it seems, paints with a wide brush. He paints with a roller. In Egypt, said our rabbi, he even killed firstborn cattle. He kills cows. So he's trying, this author is really trying to paint God as the bad guy here and trying to say, you know, if we're in this time of Passover, we got to look at who the real bad guy is here. Totally negating the fact that if we look at the story, if we look at Exodus, if we look at what was going on here, it was the Egyptians who were holding the Israelites slaves for years. And Pharaoh was in charge. Pharaoh was the one who God put in power. Remember, just like when Jesus was about to be crucified and he tells Pontius Pilate, look, you're in power. Your sin isn't as bad though, because my, you know, God, my father knows that you're in power. And if you have power, that's because that's the way God, my father wanted it. Know, not as bad as the sin of Judas who betrayed him, but still, what does Jesus lead us to understand there? It's that the people in power have the responsibility over the people they govern, right? They have the responsibility to make those decisions. Pilate, at the end of the day, had the responsibility to say Jesus was innocent and that he could go, that there was no need to crucify him. But he was a weak man, as they say, and he wanted political favors. He wanted to look good in front of the people, wanted more votes or whatever he was thinking at that time. So he has Jesus crucified, because that's what the people were calling for, right? These are the people who are going to elect him into, into office. Not different than what we see today. But if that's the case, then we have to look at what was going on with Pharaoh. Pharaoh was in charge of the people. Moses came to him and gave him fair warning over and over, and he told him, look, God is telling you, let my people go. Now, God is saying, if you are attacking my people, I need to do something to help save them. If you're keeping them as slaves, I'm going to let them go. And I'm doing this as a sign to show you that I am the true God and that you should obey me as your true God. And letting the people go is the right thing to do. But Pharaoh was the one with a hard heart. He saw these plagues coming over and over and he went back and forth. Fine, the people can go. No, no, you know what? They can't. Fine, they can go. No, they can't. Until finally, it was a Passover. Until finally, Unfortunately, his son died, right? But this article totally negates that. It makes it seem that, you know, gosh, the Egyptians were innocent. I'm sure there were a lot of innocent Egyptians, but it was the responsibility of the Pharaoh to continue to take care of them. In this case, he's saying, gosh, God paints with a wide brush. And in fact, he says that in Egypt, they even killed the cows. You know, what's going on here? All the animals were dying but this is where Pharaoh's hardened heart comes in and we can't deny God justice. God is the God of love, God of mercy, unconditional love, but we also give, have to give to God what is due and that is his justice. If we don't follow what God tells us, we can't expect that there won't be a punishment. We can't expect that we're not going to feel bad about it. There's a reason why we have confession. There's a reason why we are allowed to repent for our sins and make up for them. But in this case, Pharaoh was the one with a hardened heart. And heart. Let's see what the article goes on to say. Then this author makes the point if he were mortal, the God of the Jews, Christians, and Muslims would be dragged into the hog, and yet we praise him. We emulate him. We implore our children to be like him. According to Oslander, that's why the war in the Ukraine is happening. Now, remember, he's comparing this to the war in the Ukraine. He's comparing God freeing all the slaves of Israel who were in Egypt to all of a sudden uh, Russia attacking the Ukraine. How is that even a comparison? You know, the Ukraine was not holding any slaves. The Ukraine, there was nothing going on there. This was a um, provoked, as far as we know, attack on the Ukraine, maybe for political motivation, maybe for financial gain. There's things I'm sure going on in the background that we don't know uh, or that are not being shared with us. But we can't really compare God freeing his people from slavery to an attack on what appears to be an innocent nation, uh, such as the Ukraine. So let's let's look at what else he says. He says, perhaps now as missiles rain down and the dead are discovered in mass graves is a good time to stop emulating this hateful God. The guest essay has proposed, perhaps we can stop extolling his brutality. Perhaps now is a good time to teach our children to pass over God, to be as unlike him as possible. Oslander then traveled back through biblical history with other examples proving how God is so hateful. God threw Adam out of Eden for eating an apple. They can caution the students. That's called being heavy-handed children, he wrote, miming the rabbis he claimed to learn under as a boy. He also mentioned the plight of Eve, cursing all women for eternity because of Eve's choices, he asked, incredulously. The author recounted how at the end of his family's traditional cedar meal each year, so obviously this author is Jewish, we open the front door and call out to him, pour out thy, thy wrath upon the nations that did not know you and then slam God for obliging. And God does with plagues and floods and fire and fury on the young and old, the guilty and innocent. Oslander explained how humanity emulates God in the worst way. And we humans made in his image do the same with fixed wing bombers and cluster bombs, with self-propelled mortars and thermobaric rocket launchers. The author concluded his screen by recalling how the rabbis used to tell the students that god killed the firstborn cattle because the egyptians believed they were god and then he concludes by saying killing gods is an idea i can get behind so his idea is now that god is really the evil one god is the one bringing down punishment for no apparent reasons is what he attempts to tell us he's saying that god is heavy-handed and that it was unnecessary for him to do that in fact He's saying that, gosh, we are emulating God because we're using missiles and we're doing war. And isn't that what God teaches us? It's a terrible, terrible comparison because that's not at all what we see God doing. We don't see God telling us, you know, I'm going to come and just attack you for no reason. We see that God is really leading us to himself because he is one, the author of life. Without him, we would not be here. He's teaching us how to be with him. And he's also teaching us Certain things that we might do that are going to keep us from being with him, but God is being vilified here. If we look back at this article and where he says, God threw out of of Eden for eating an apple, and he says, That's called being heavy handed. Well, isn't that pretty simple? That sounds very, very simple. It sounds like if I just tell my kids, Hey, don't eat those apples, and they eat the apple, and all of a sudden, there's, you know, I, I go off and I kick them out of my house or something. It wasn't that simple now, was it? It was a much different story than what's being told here. God had already given them everything that they could have possibly wanted and let them know there is one thing you must do to follow me, to obey me. Trust me on this. Don't eat of the fruit of that tree. Was it the apple that was bad? It was the act of disobedience. It was the act of disobedience of Eve, but then on Adam's shoulders, he did not lead his wife towards the right path. He followed her into the wrong path by following her by eating that apple as she gave it to him. And God then does what? He doesn't He doesn't go heavy handed on Eve, who was a originator of eating the apple. What does he say? He says, Adam, what happened? He turns to Adam and says, you were supposed to keep the garden. You were supposed to help guard your wife and the garden. What's going on here? There's a whole story behind that. We can't simplify this and just say, hmm, you know, God is a heavy handed person. He's He's kind of really bad he's the one I should be afraid of. Notice the twist here. Notice why do these articles come out during Holy Week? Why do they come out during Easter? Somebody's trying to get in our minds. And in fact, more so than that, it's not trying to get into our minds as adults. It's really trying to get into the minds of the children. Because what does the article say? It says they can caution the students about this. God is heavy-handed. Right. And he's remembering what he was taught as a boy. He specifies and says, we can stop in reference to God, we can stop extolling his brutality. Perhaps now is a good time to teach our children to pass over God and to be as unlike him as possible. Interesting. This article is not just about the idea of killing God, doing away with God, passing over God, but making sure that we pass that on to our children. Why would that be important? important because this is where the faith continues. This is where uh, our beliefs continue to grow and and be held alive, right? Because there's a saying, I remember one of the priests was telling me, he said, he told me never to worry if you have young children and they're crying in church. Yeah, some people might get annoyed. Some people might start uh, feeling like they're not listening to the gospel or the homily as well. Some people might give you a dirty look because they want uh, the church to be completely quiet. And he said, I want the opposite. I want a church full of crying children. I want a church full of families that come with little children of all ages. And you know why? He said, because if the church isn't crying, it's dying. He said, where's the future of the church if there are no children? In the same vein, this author is saying, hey, we, the future here, we gotta teach the future so that they can teach their, gen, their future generations that God is actually kind of bad and that he should be killed. That's pretty sad. Any surprise that this comes out during Holy Week or the, and during the Easter season? not really why because again the devil doesn't want to be outdone his pride's not going to let him uh let us tell the true story that christ was victorious notice he's talking about exodus this author's jewish talks about exodus he's not talking about the resurrection but what is the resurrection jesus is the new moses jesus is a new adam jesus is the one who leads us out of slavery right out of that land of egypt if you will where we find ourselves in and he gets us into the promised land this is what's happening. And how does he do it? God is not a vengeful God per se. We look at the Old Testament that way, but God is a loving God. God is a God who wants us to follow him and he's willing to do anything to protect his children. That's really what we got to look at. If there's an intruder in your home, what would you do? Would you protect your child or not? Would you protect your family or not? And then at the risk of being called evil, because how brutal were you? while you were protecting your family how brutal were you what kind of force did you use if it's up to me protecting my family you know we got i got to do whatever i can to keep my family alive so that's one of the interesting things about this article we're supposed to kill god and teach our children about it well i thought there was another interesting follow up article to that which i thought like i said earlier you know the devil's not trying to hide anymore he's trying to convince you that he's not evil so i stumbled upon this other article and it's titled the Satanic Temple sues the Pennsylvania school over an after-school club denial. The lawsuit argues violation of the First Amendment. So freedom of speech is really the question here. But what's at risk? You know, we're going to take a look at this article when we come back, because like I said before, that first article said, we've got to kill God, we've got to get rid of God, we've got to pass over God. And not only do we have to do that, We have to teach our children how to do that. We have to tell our children that God is not good and that God should not be followed. Well, this article says, gotta bring the devil into school. More after the... All right. Well, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Louis Sandoval show. I'm your host, Dr. Louis Sandoval. And here at the clinic, we're always talking about our mental health, our spiritual health, and our physical health as Catholics. I always tell our listeners we got to think like Catholics so that we can live like Catholics, so we can be Catholic. And how do we think by ca- like Catholics? By educating ourselves, by reading about the faith, by understanding what it is that the faith wants of us. If you want to send me an email, you have a question, feel free to do so. My email is there on the screen. It's dr.sandovalvmpr at gmail.com. Today we're talking about how do we think, how do we educate ourselves, how do we look at things during this Easter season when we're supposed to be celebrating. We're supposed to be so happy because it was the resurrection of our Lord, and yet sometimes the evil one tries to sneak in there and try to take away from our Lord, try to make the party about himself. Well, we talked about an article earlier where somebody was saying, I think we should kill God because he's an evil God. If we look at what he did in the Old Testament, he's really evil. And not only that, we should start to warn our children and think about, to have them think about God in that way, to let them know that God is evil. Obviously not what we teach as Catholics, not what we believe as Catholics, but then there was a follow-up article, not surprisingly so, that was entitled, The Satanic Temple Sues a Pennsylvania School Over After-School Club Denial. And it argues that they're trying to fight for First Amendment rights. Let's look at what this article has to say. The Satanic Temple is suing the Pennsylvania Elementary School after its school board voted against the induction of an after-school Satan club last week. Notice, this is an elementary school. This isn't about a college or a high school or even a junior high. This is elementary. This is grades probably K through five, you know, maybe some places K through six. So kindergarten, one-year-old, you know, these are five-year-old kids, six-year-old kids, seven, eight, nine. And what do they want to do? They want to get an after-school club called the after-school Satan Club. The article goes on to say the Satanic Temple filed a lawsuit on constitutional grounds against Northern Elementary School in York, Pennsylvania. And that was according to the news outlet. They have a lawyer, and he's the general counsel for the Satanic Temple. And the lawsuit intends to litigate whether the Northern York County School Board discriminated against the organization by not allowing them to start an after-school club when other organizations are allowed to. Here's something interesting. It's a fair, it's a fair argument. You know, a lot of times we're we're surprised and shocked, and we can say, "Yeah, but you can't allow that. You can't allow this after-school club they're going to talk about the devil." You got to remember demons are very very legalistic and they will follow the law to a t because they're bound by whatever god lets them follow and they're going to follow whatever the the law is that they're allowed to follow well guess what if we've recognized satanism as a religion then that does fall under the first amendment the problem is why did we recognize it as an official religion you know did we follow our own rules about what should be a religion or shouldn't be a religion the only reason satanism exists is to bring down catholicism at the end of the day it's to bring down christ by our and catholicism doesn't exist to bring down anybody it, it exists to bring us all closer to christ by our own rules by the laws of the land technically one religion should not invade another religion or it should not be there to harm another religion but they've been recognized as a religion so are they going to have rights absolutely they are we got to be on guard about that let's look at what else the article article says the first amendment prohibits a government from considering the popularity of communicative activity when determining whether to facilitate the communicative activity on equal terms with other similarly situated groups, he said. In other words, hey, whether people like it or not, it's not a popularity contest. It's about the fact that you said, according to the rules that you guys have set up, according to the laws of the land, we're gonna be legalistic. We're gonna do what the law says. And the law says that anybody's allowed to have a club. And if you're going to allow other religions to have a club in your public schools, if you're going to have a Christian club, if you're going to have a Muslim club, maybe even Buddhist or whatever it is that you've decided as a religion, that you've defined as a religion, that you've allowed to be a religion, if you're going to have these clubs there, why aren't you going to have a satanic club? Why not? Why not an after school saint club? You said we're a religion. We should have equal footing. Notice, that's what I was saying before. The devil just wants that equal footing. He wants to be uh, more important than God even because we should kill God. God is evil, according to the other article. Well, if God is evil, why not allow us to teach our children about about Satan? Gosh, legally we can, let's get it in there. Well, let's see what else it says. Their counsel, their lawyer said that each part of the lawsuit could be time consuming, taking from 18 months to two years to complete. So there's another thing that happens, right? When it comes to the legal system, our legal system's not perfect. And all of a sudden, we're gonna have these long drawn out lawsuits that most people end up saying it's too much money. I'm too tired. And guess what? It's not that big a deal. We should just allow the club to come in. That's what ends up happening. They tire you out. This is what the devil wants to do for us too. When we say, gosh, I've been praying for too long. You know, I keep praying. God's not answering my prayers. I think it's going to take me a couple years of praying. Oh, is it worth it? You know what? I'll just stop praying. It's not worth my, my time and energy. God's not answering me quick enough. We got to be careful of that. We got to be careful of falling into those traps because we got to remember that regardless of whether we feel God's answering our prayers or not, what's our other option? We have to continue to have faith and believe that God is true to his word. God never stops loving us, God never starts stops giving us the best or wanting the best for us, but that's where the element of faith comes in. When we start becoming weak in our faith, when we start diminishing our belief in God, then all of a sudden we allow other things to enter. Right. So what happens? The angels come when they're called, demons come when they're not resisted. If we start, you know, losing our faith in God, we're not going to resist other things. If we're not resisting other things, we're putting ourselves in a trap, our families in a trap, and even our children are in a trap. And that's what this article is hoping for. Let's see what this says. So Lucian Greaves, he's the Satanic Temple spokesperson. He had told uh, the news article, the the news organization about the clubs. He said, I'm hoping that with our presence, people can see that good people can have a different, that have different perspectives, sometimes on the same mythology, but not mean any harm. This is very important. This, This sentence is very important. This is very crafty, extremely crafty. Let's listen to it again. I'm hoping that with our presence, People can see that good people can have different perspectives, sometimes on the same mythology, but not by but not mean any harm. Let's break this down because this is where we have to think like Catholics. This sounds really nice, doesn't it? It sounds like they're just good folk. All they're trying to say is that they have a different perspective. can't we listen to their ideas? What's wrong with that? You know, this is where I said the devil's not trying to hide. He's trying to convince you that he's a good guy. He's not as bad as he's made out to be by golly, what's wrong with listening to his side of the story? He's hoping that, and, and look, at, look at what it breaks down. He's Without even realizing it, he's telling us what's important. You know, he, has, he really does have, this person really does have faith in the devil. He has faith in his satanic temple. He has faith that this is going to work. Sometimes sad to say that people will have more faith in evil than we do in God. How do I know that? Because of the very first part, he says, I'm hoping that with our presence, all he mentions is the presence. How many for us do we truly believe in the presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist? That's all we need. We need to have faith and presence. Christ has a presence. Does he have a presence in our life? Do, do we have, uh, uh, when our kids come home from school, when we're with our families, are we making Christ present? Do we mention him? I'm not saying we have to be on our knees as soon as we walk in the house. We have to live our regular lives. We have to sit down for dinner, do homework, do yard work, whatever it is we need to do. But are our children aware that we need to stop and pray every now and then? when it's noon time during during the day and six o'clock do we stop and we pray the angelus say hey let's stop what we're doing let's pray the angelus is there the presence of prayer the presence of Christ in our lives do we ever tell the family hey you know what things have been a little bit chaotic we all got to go to church let's just go to church and kneel and pray for 10 15 minutes do we say that do we say we got to make ourselves present before god presence is very important the belief of the true presence in the eucharist the faith in that that's the basis of our faith this guy he knows about that he, he knows what he's doing he's just doing flipping it right he's flipping the script i'm hoping that with our presence just let us have a let us have a presence is what he's saying let us just be here the devil knows that just with the power of presence a lot of things can happen and and in this case change towards the negative he says people can see that good people can have different perspectives this is where the lie comes in the twist right the demonic twist. Now we're good people. All we have is a different point of view. And he says, sometimes on the same mythology, he's bringing Christ down to a myth. He's bringing God down to just a story. It's not that big a deal. We're just talking about two different stories. You can believe your story and I can believe mine. Nobody means to harm anybody. We're just going to talk about it. It's dangerous ground. It's dangerous ground to get that into the minds of our children. Let's see what the article goes on to say here as it ends says, the After School Satan Club is an after school program that promotes self-directed education by supporting the intellectual and creative interests of students. The Satanic Temple states on its website, if they deny us the use of a public facility, which they have no right to do, it'll have to move into litigation, costly litigation that the community is going to have to pay for. They know what they're doing. They're saying, hey, let's drag this out. Let's go ahead. Let's do it. If you're willing to to go the, the full nine yards, why not? But the reality is they know that a lot of people will cave because they say, you know what, it's just a club. My kids don't have to go to it You know, if they don't want to. My kids don't need to to be there. I'm going to tell them not to pay attention to it. But remember what we said before, they know that there's a presence of it. All they want is the presence, and all of a sudden that's going to attract people. And it says here, the article ends with this paragraph. The Satanic Temple's attempt to install an after-school club in an elementary school was met with outrage from some local parents, such as a Perry County resident, Jennifer McAllister, who told uh, the news organization they already took god out of schools now they're going to now they're going to let satan in it's just crazy and that's really what's happening why is it that why is that so isn't that crafty why is that so why is it that we're allowed to do that can't say prayers in our school we can't pray on the 50 yard line we can't you know do a lot of different things to promote prayer or god or christianity or even wear a crucifix or put crosses up but boy you better allow this after school satan club right now Notice what he said about it. What is it What is it that it promotes? This is what it says on their website, that it promotes self-directed education. It sounds very positive. It's always gonna sound very positive. Just like saying, hey, is that what God told you about the apple? No, of course you're not gonna die. You're gonna have the knowledge and be like God. You're gonna have knowledge of good and evil. Well, what's so bad about that? More knowledge is good, right? Don't we say we gotta learn more? I gotta know more things? Ah, there's curiosity. There's things that don't pertain to me. There's things that I don't need to learn. There's things that I don't need to know. In fact, there's things that if I go and venture and know about are going to keep me from being closer to God. But this is in line with what the satanic temple believes, self-directed education. Isn't one of the devil's mottos, do what thou will, do what you want, be self-directed. Self-directed here really means no God. It means you're going to do whatever you want without God in your life, right? By supporting the intellectual and creative interests of students. Doesn't that sound great? intellectual creative interest of students that sounds wonderful who wouldn't want their kid to be part of that club well what we got to remember is what's the end goal here you're going to learn you're going to learn what you want you're going to learn what you think is right you're going to we're going to foster your intellect we're going to foster your curiosity your creative interest and it's all going to be self-directed it's all going to come from inside of you you don't need the power of god that's the tricky part hey the devil's no longer hiding he's just saying i'm not the bad guy well how do we fight this we'll find out when we come back with you. All right, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval show. Today's topic is really a heavy one. So, anybody who's listening in has any questions, feel free to let me know. You know that I work in deliverance ministry, uh, and this is an important topic to consider, especially. during our big feast, during Christmas, during Easter, during uh, um, Pentecost, which is going to be coming up, we're supposed to be celebrating. A lot of times people tell me, I feel down, I feel heavy, I feel a darkness, I want to celebrate, I want to be happy that Christ rose from the dead, and I can't be. And I let them know, you know what, this is also a time where the devil's going to want to attack. Why? Because he doesn't want to be outdone, he doesn't want to admit that he's lost, and that can be very, very hard. Uh, for people. If anybody's been listening, let's go ahead and say another prayer to St. Michael, the archangel, just to make sure that we're cleansing the air, that we're binding evil, uh, and that we're keeping our minds on Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. St. <clears throat> Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke, and we humbly pray, do thou, Prince of the Heavenly Host. By the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl around the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Let's also pray the Our Father. It's actually the original prayer of exorcism, um, and we can look at why, because it's look at the last words. But let's say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, Virgin most powerful, pray for us. So we're talking about how during this time when we're seeing new life, where we're seeing God's power, we're seeing God's power over death, you're going to start hearing these different things, these articles I went over, some articles where people are saying, oh, we should do away with God and we should kill God. Other articles after that saying, and, and in fact, in that article, it was not only should we kill God, but we should teach our children that God is really bad. God is evil. God is a hurtful God. Next article that I came upon, which I thought, wow, that's par for the course. It all is kind of going in order is, wow, we really want to have after school clubs in elementary schools, not in colleges or high school, but in elementary schools. I teach about saying and teach about how, you know, the people from the from the satanic temple are actually just good folk. You know, they just have a different idea, different twist on stories. It's not that bad. Again, I keep saying the devil's not trying to hide anymore. He's just trying to convince us that he is not that bad, that he's the good guy and that God is not. Well, interesting, what do we do to fight this? What do we do as parents? What do we do as family members? We can't lose hope. We can't just say, "Oh my goodness, this is taken over," and that's it. You know the devil's won never the, never going to be the case. It's never going to be the truth, and we can't get lost in despair. We can't get lost in feeling that there's no hope in God's mercy. So what do we do what do we what's our responsibility at this point? Remember, we got to think like Catholics so that we can live like Catholics, so we can be Catholics, we need to educate ourselves. We need to be savvy. We need to see what's going on in the world. Hmm, one person is talking about killing God. Another person is talking about putting the devil in schools and after-school clubs and teaching our children. What's going on here? Who's really in power? One, we got to be reading our Bibles. We got to teach our children how to pray. That's point number one. There's no question about that. As parents, we got to make that time. We got to take that time. We got to pray our rosary our divine mercy chaplet. We got to pray the Angelus at noon and at six. And if we can get up at 6 a.m., that's even that's great too. But we got to keep doing that every day and bring our children before the blessed sacrament. Go to church for five, 10 minutes and just say, hey, we're going to sit down we're going to kneel down here before the blessed sacrament. We're just going to be in the presence of God. Remember, all we need is the presence. Once there's a presence of something, we take notice. If we don't have the presence of God in school and the satanic after school club comes in and has a presence, what's that to say? we gotta bring our children to the presence of God. That's key, that's really what's gonna bring solidity, holiness to the family. That's what's gonna make the family stay together. You know what, the old old adage, adage is very correct. The family that prays together stays together. And prayer comes in different forms. We can sit and pray formally, we can sit down and uh, have a game and have positivity with the family. We can sit down and tell each other what we think is good about each other, what we like about the family, what we want to improve. When was the last time we had a meeting like that with our family? We forget that we are a unit and we need to talk as a unit. So that's key number one, because that's what the devil wants to break up. He wants to break up the family, the first sacrament, the foundation of the church. You know, the, from the family come holy priests, from the family come holy nuns, and from the family come holy families. The other thing that we need to do is be aware of what's going on in society. There was a great article. I found it on this uh, uh, website called Louder with Crowder, if anybody reads that. But it was an interesting article because it is from a Disney star who really put Hollywood on notice and said, hey, there's uh, a reason why Hollywood does what it does. Let's read this article. This article says, Disney star puts Hollywood on blast. And it quotes, there's a reason you see people dressed up as Satan. This is uh, written by a gentleman named Joseph Gunderson. um, And it just came out April 12th. And it says, I don't know who China McCain, I didn't know who China McCain was until about five seconds ago. So China McCain is an actress and she was in Disney movies, but she decided to put her message out on Twitter about Hollywood. And this is what uh, the article says. She says, basically, when I saw the video of her dragging Hollywood elites, I decided to do a Google search. I might not have known her, Maybe you don't know who she is, but you your kiddo's might. She's been in a handful of Disney movies over the past decade, and she's just taken to Twitter to blast Hollywood's how to be, best put this, satanic proclivities. She lays it out in no uncertain terms just what she thinks about the toxic and <clears throat> entertainment industry. So this is interesting. There's a young gal, she's an actress, she's an actress for Disney movies And he's right. I didn't know about her either. I felt the same way. But my wife told me, hey, check out this article. This is interesting. This is important. Um, And I said, well, who is this gal? She said, oh, you've seen her. She's in these different movies uh, that the girls have seen before. I said, well, that's interesting. You know, why why does she start coming out and saying these things? She says, I don't know, but it's interesting that she says this. So what does she say in her video? It's pretty powerful, you know, especially coming from somebody who is really at risk here. She's if you if you you know, once you're in this industry, once you start making movies and you and you there's a lot of money to be had if you move in the right direction and by the right direction means keeping the producers happy, the directors happy, the studios happy, whoever it is with what they want. Well, this is what she says. In her video she said the entertainment industry is about influence. Okay, what did we talk about before? Before this article, we talked about an article talking about killing God and teaching our children to do so, that God is bad. Have influence over your children. As parents, your your children aren't gonna have any stronger influence than your parent than us as parents if we use it correctly. Sometimes we think, Oh, I lost my child to society. No, that's not true. If you lost your child is because you never spoke the right words at the time or 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 used your parental authority, your spiritual parental authority, to let them know exactly what you were thinking. Once you did that, if they decide to go, I mean, there's some parents who say, No, I did, Dr. Sandoval, and, and, my, and my child went their own way. You know, that's not on you. That's not your fault. The children are going to do what they're going to do. But parents who say, You know, I never really took them to church. I never prayed with them. I never, but they went off into society and they followed this bad path. Well, you know, it's our responsibility as parents to make sure that they know right from wrong. So that's one of the important things to consider. But let's see what this says again it's about influence, right? What's the influence that the the Satanic Club wanted? They want to have a presence in our children's children's school. Well, Hollywood wants to have our presence in our minds. They want to have a presence at all ages, right? Because they make movies for adults, for teenagers, for young kids. She goes on to say, there is a reason why you see people dressed up as Satan, full-on visuals of Satan. People dressed as Satan, dressed as a demon, got upside down crosses all on their clothes or pentagrams all on their clothes. They know good and God darn well that God exists. I'm just quoting the article. They also know that Satan exists. Here's the kicker. Okay. So let's go back and look at this before I read the last part of what she said. So first of all, she says, they know what they're doing. There's people dressed up like the devil. So, and and there's people, you know, dressed like demons. They're wearing upside down crosses. They have pentagrams on their clothes. They do this on purpose. They do. I mean, why? What's the purpose? We can talk about that. But this is what she says. They know that God exists. They also know that Satan exists. But here's the kicker. They're count, they're just counting on the fact that y'all don't know that. That's what she says. They're just counting on the fact that y'all don't know that. I'm just reading the quote. And that's very true. So again, remember, it's no longer that the devil doesn't exist. What did I say at the beginning of our of our of our program here? I don't think the devil, the use of be said that the devil's greatest trick is making you believe he doesn't exist. Not the case anymore. It just says, you know, God exists, devil exists, but they're counting on you not knowing that they're counting on you. It's not so much that he doesn't exist, but that he's not the bad guy. That He doesn't exist as the devil you think he is. Right. Because it doesn't matter if I don't exist at all. That's one thing. But now I'm coming out to the forefront. Now there's no question. There's some, I mean, if you look now on different uh, streaming platforms or different TV shows, there's even a show called uh, about the devil himself saying that, gosh, the devil helps people out. He lost his way from hell and he's just trying to get to hell, but he's actually halfway a good guy. You know, they're counting on us, not realizing that there's a fine divide, that there's a good and an evil, but there's a soft spot. There's a spot in between. That's where it gets dangerous. Now, the author of this article says, a few years ago, I would simply assume that Ms. McCain, who this gal is um, here, had just decided she wasn't going to take her meds anymore. But this is 2022. So he's saying, God, a few years ago, somebody was talking about the devil in Hollywood and people saying God exists and the devil exists, but they're counting on you not knowing that. So I would think that she was a little bit off. She was a little bit crazy. So, But in today's day and age, I cannot say this is even the craziest thing I've heard this week. He said, a satanic cult in the entertainment industry is far more believable than human beings magically changing their genders based on how they feel when they wake up. This might also explain why someone like, and this artist named Little Nas, is able to get famous giving lap dances to a literal Satan, Satan figure, or why Disney child stars always seem so messed up in the head, or a litany of other things we see in the entertainment industry. And we can't forget there was a video one time when this artist named Little Nas X, uh, he was dressed up like the devil and he was fighting the devil and he was doing very obscene gestures in this video and taking over the devil spot because he wanted to be the devil himself and just wanted to take it over. He was also selling shoes at the time. I don't know if people remember, but the shoes and the heel they were filled with red liquid, and he promised that there would be a drop of human blood. The shoes had 666 on them. They were really shoes that promoted the devil. That's all it was. It was having the presence of the devil on your feet, of all things. We're supposed to journey to God, and all of a sudden, he wants and promotes that people wear shoes that promote the devil. You know, He wants you to wear that. Where, well, where are those feet walking to? What's the influence there? And guess what? Those shoes sold out. Whatever pairs he had, they sold out. I believe that uh, Nike was a company who he took the shoes from to make them that way. And they said that they did not promote that. They did not uh, authorize that. But at the same time, you know, those, sho- those shoes sold out. So what's that say about society? Are we opposed to the devil? You know, are we accepting the devil because we think it's cool and edgy? The shoes aren't that bad. They're just shoes. Remember, the devil wants to convince you that he's not bad. But this is where we need people like this to say, no, this is true you as parents do have influence. You as parents can change things. Don't forget that. So if it ever feels overwhelming, if it ever feels like, oh my goodness, the devil's trying to infiltrate, guess what? He is. There's no question about that. She's getting a little bit bolder here. You know, where are we at in that century that the devil was supposed to take over? I'm not sure. We don't know. But at the same time, if we see a much stronger presence bigger boldness we have to have a discerning eye we can't start start becoming soft and saying you know what this this here isn't so bad or that tv show is not so bad or that movie wasn't that but i know i had a few little things that normally i wouldn't adhere to but it wasn't the worst we can't do that we have to really keep that discerning catholic eye and realize that you know we're catholic we follow christ we follow god and there's no question about it At the end of the day, there's going to be the door to heaven, the door to hell, and I'm hoping that I can go through the door to heaven, and that's where I'm going to keep my sights, always on the heart of Jesus Christ. Until next time, this is Dr. Sandoval saying, keep it Catholic.